Hello, friends and folks, and welcome to another Scanline Media show, as we're here to talk about some some games, which we do every now and then, uh, more than we used to. You know, there was a, there was a, we started, and it was pretty much all games, and then we got into anime coverage, and it kind of consumed all of our time, and now we've figured out how to balance it a little better. Anyway, I'm at Six Detmar of Scanline Media. I'm Jennifer Uncle of Scanline Media. We, we, we built this site on, well, we didn't really build it on rock and roll. That's not true. We built it on games and dreams. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you get old and you give up on the dreams. But the games are still there. That's nice. <laughs> uh, indeed. Yeah. So I, I guess this, this game itself isn't really about giving up so much as just finding a new path forward. Oh, yeah. I wasn't trying to listen. I wasn't in my connect to, like, the, the material mode. I was just like, eh, you know. This is where I'm at these days. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, you know, listen. It's fine. Um, but we are here um, for a, a patron bonus episode and a very special one. Um, so this is on our, our, our Scanline Talks feed. Anybody and everybody is allowed to listen to this. Thank you uh, for, for listening. Um, we also have a Patreon. Um, and over at that Patreon, we have some uh, patron-exclusive podcasts. And normally, when we have a patron support us, uh, at a certain tier, they get to pick a bonus episode that is one of those. It's either an anime, or it's a manga, or it's a film, or a TV show. Th- those are sort of the options. Um, but we had a special instance where we uh, somehow screwed up and didn't give someone their reward, um, and so they sort of got multiple stacked up, and we gave them extra options because we fucked up. Um, and that's why we're here to talk about a game, uh, Ochi Subaki. Yep, it's a $15 visual novel of sorts, and uh, takes about an hour or so to play. Like, I think my I came in around 90 minutes or so, but uh, yeah, it's a kinetic visual novel of sorts. Like, you only, as the developer puts it, the only choice you really make, other than the order, is like, uh, what language you play it in. And uh, yeah, I'm... I'm pretty sure, regardless of what we chose at the beginning, what we're going to be talking about is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. It is uh, worth noting that the the Japanese and English, like, it's not, like, there's also a, a Japanese translation because the Japanese and English story are different versions of the story. And so you could play this twice and still get different things because of you could also play the Japanese translation. I poked at that a little bit, um, and I thought it was interesting, but... I mostly want to, we mostly want to talk about the English version of the story today. Yep. Um, I felt like, I mean, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't get all the way through, but it felt like the uh, Japanese translation was a different perspective on things and things were written differently, but it was basically telling the same story. Uh, can't guarantee that uh, because there is not a lot of coverage of this, of this game. Um, and uh, so I don't have anyone else to verify this with, but um, yeah. It also means that uh, when we summarize the plot here, um, it it's vague enough and told through so much mixing of like a like just poetry and also just characters talking about things from their perspective that uh, it can be difficult to entirely tell what's real, what isn't, and also just the state that these characters are working from Mm -hmm. 
And I even, I want to leave a lot of the summary even to our discussion because, I mean, part of it is this is a, um, I don't, like, this is, you know, obviously it's it's a visual novel and there's no voice acting. Um, and so this is not the kind of thing inherently that you could have on in the background while doing something else because you have to sit there and read it. But even for that, it is not a light read. Um you kind of have to work to process what what you're what you're reading because it does not try and make everything as as you know transparent as it can, um, and so I think part of our conversation is kind of going to be unpacking exactly what happened and and how we read events. So I'm going to give only the broadest, most high level summary here. Uh, Hanashiro is one of a few remaining, uh, basically, uh, like fox person immortals, um, and is extremely depressed. And is looking forward to the fact that in 10 years, for whatever reason, they are going to be able to die and they will choose to die. Um, they uh, meet with a, uh, a cat person named, uh, I'm, I'm, it's, it's uh, Lun Kukran at the beginning. Um, they get another name as, as the game goes along, sort of added to that. Because um, gods could just give you new names. That's fun. Um, and... Uh, at first, Lun is trying to ingratiate themselves with uh, with Hanashiro at the behest of another one of the of of Hanashiro's siblings, who's also a god. Um, but then it starts to turn into a sincere relationship, and it's kind of about that relationship and their families and trying to not be toxic. <laughs> yeah, because both of these people like have rough upbringings and also just uh some severe trauma like hanashiro repeatedly describes like a white rabbit that is kicking inside of them and i take it to mean when they're talking about this white rabbit as it's this thing that's basically like some remnant of the trauma that they're carrying that thumps against them and bursts out of them every once in a while to make them like lash out at people. But their state as both like uh, Hanashiro is 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 truly immortal, and Lin Cochrane is like semi immortal, partially immortal. Um, and so for both of them, the, the nature of their existence uh, is such that you cannot totally tell what is metaphor and what is not. Um, it is possible that Hanashiro literally just has some sort of weird fucked up rabbit living inside of them. That's a possibility. Um, yeah. They also describe a scene where Hanashiro's puffy white hair like grows in size and consumes them for a while. And... Uh, Loon has to go search around the house to find out where they have reappeared. Um, so there's definitely some sort of... Ele it's played in a mystical way, but also in a way that feels very... The way that these two characters talk with one another feels very down-to-earth and extremely online in ways. Like, even the presentation points towards this, like... Whenever these characters are interacting with one another, like the text chat is happening through a, what could look like an aim window on the right hand side of the screen. And yeah, there's, you a, just there's see, a permanent like little close window X that doesn't actually work. It's just part of the aesthetic. Yep. And to the left of that, you have the two portraits of the characters that are also like done in a similar style to that. Mm hmm. 
Um, and before we get any further, also, we should give a content warning because this is a game about relationships and abuse and trauma and, yeah, uh, not being able to trust, you know, the, the like, the people that raised you is a, is a large part, at least for, for Kukran. Um, so, yeah, it's, and also, like, I, I find, I don't know where this conversation is going to go exactly, but I find it hard that we're not going to talk about at least some personal experiences in relating to this. So, be please be aware of that. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think the most obvious example of this in play is just the way that Hanashiro tries to push Luna away, or as Hanashiro starts calling them, Tsubame-chan. Uh, essentially, Hanashiro will, like, find ways to be rude, mean, cutting, occasionally moving over straight up to, like, acts of physical abuse to just, like, push them away to like do whatever they can to make them leave mm -hmm. and even though it's hurting both of them to do this it's clear that uh Subami chan is not going anywhere yeah and that and there is you know like at first it does appear to be out of out of duty right out of like well they have they have promised to be basically this spy for for another immortal and the rewards are such that they have to keep at it and then it turns into a more genuine relationship. Um, but yeah, like when it starts out, Hanashiro is like, it's clear that Hanashiro has reasons that they are the way they are um, that are a little hard to, to wrap your head around because, you know, listen, if you're immortal and like part of the premise of this is Hanashiro has seen the world end a couple times. Um, so clearly going to have a complicated perspective, but Hanashiro is a really fucking awful person for the first at least third of this game. Yeah, I should also say like the first 20 minutes of me trying to play this, I was a little bit confused just because it immediately drops you in the deep end with uh, jumping between poetry and prose in a way that can kind of throw you off if you're not expecting it. But uh mm -hmm. And its approach to world building is that it doesn't do it, right? Is that there are details of the world that are relevant to the people and they just don't explain them to you. Um, and I think, like, it is a case that, like, you know, once you've completed this story, I think it's fine, right? I don't think it is actually, a, like, a flaw of the material, but it does make the the initial getting into it very disorienting and decently off-putting in a way that I do think is also part of the intent. But, like, know that if you're going to play this, if you're going to get go through this, like, if you start and you're like, wow, this is really off-putting up front, it's like, yeah, it is. That's that's how this goes. Yeah. It's it's a game with rough edges on purpose. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. And it basically uses metaphor to talk about, like, childhood sexual assault and, uh, I... Also, I can't tell whether this is actually something that was occurring in the game or not, but uh, I wasn't entirely sure what uh, Lun or Tsubame's uh, relationship with their family was, other than it being very bad. Like, the way that they refer to... They continue to refer to Lun by that name while... Um, Hanashiro is just repeatedly out loud doing it Tsubame 
makes it feel like there's some sort of uh, identity stuff happening here that... Uh, like, everything about that family situation seems very bad. Like, yeah, yeah. For some, for some reason, like... Well, actually, it seems like it makes it kind of clear what the reason is, but uh, Hanashiro has had um, dealings with another member of that family before. Like, the reason why they end up disappearing into their hair seems to be, like, a character talking about how... Like, someone else in their life was basically using Hanashiro to get at this member of the family. Like, I don't know if I'm describing it in exactly the right way, but essentially, once the two see each other and recognize each other, it instantly becomes a very bad scene, even as Hanashiro is there to defend Tsubame. Yeah, uh, like, Lun's mother um, is, like is a different style of immortal from Hanashiro, but, like, they're both immortal, and they both, like, had... They were in each other's orbits when they were younger. Um, and so, like, basically, uh, Lun's mother is an incredibly toxic lady who uh, has decided that not only is was Hanashiro's abuse, like, not a problem. It's not like, I don't think she endorses the activities, but she's like, I'm not upset on Hanashiro's behalf. It, it, their perspective is actually like, no, Hanashiro, not only should you not consider this abuse, you should feel lucky to have gotten this attention at all. And it's real, <laughs> it's real gross. Uh, she's a real shitty lady. Yeah. And Hanashiro, who at points goes by he, she, or they, um, you also hear, like, murmurs whenever they're walking around uh, town. Like, there's this very specific scene where they're walking around and th these people are talking about how they're, like, a pox or, like, how they've brought something upon themselves. And it's basically taking all of Hanashiro's energy to just smile and nod and get through it while um, Loon or Sabame... Uh, is taking it incredibly personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a situation where Hanashiro has, has been living with this for a very long time. But, you know, on its face, like, I think any of us presented with, like, okay, this person was abused and, like, really, really awfully. And then their abuser is of such high social standing that then, you know, the, the person who's abused is, like, not only like blamed for their abuse but it's like oh no the fact that you were abused is is a sign of how awful you are it's like well that's fucking rough yeah and Hanashiro takes that messaging and like internalizes it in a way that's like okay I'm I'm clearly this person that they say that I am so I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I'm alone at all times and just go through the next 10 years of my life with little as little to with as little human interaction as possible like uh there's a scene basic there's there's several scenes where um Hanashiro is more or less co coercing Sabame to have sex with them or like trying to push them forward to it and being as rude and cavalier about it as possible just to be like okay Clearly, you're here to fuck me. So, once we get that out of the way, once we do this, you'll just leave and I won't have to worry about you again. Mm -hmm. 
even gets to the point where I think Hanashiro is the one who ends up... Hmm. It's either Hanashiro who stabs Lun or Lun stabs Hanashiro. Both happen, but Lun stabs Hanashiro after Hanashiro basically, like, challenges Lun to a duel and is, like... Lun is like, okay, we can play fight a bit, I guess. And Hanashiro is going hard, and Lun's like, how do I make you stop? It's like, you win, or I'm going to kill you. Um, which, whether or not Hanashiro would, I, I suspect they would not have actually killed them. But also because it's hard to kill people who are even partially immortal. Um, because, yeah, like, Lun wins that duel by running Hanashiro through, and is like, I didn't mean to do that. You were just going so hard, I didn't see any other way out of this. And then later on, when they are just interacting in a, a social space, Hanashiro just stabs her clean through just to try and make Lun leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it turns out when you're immortal, you can hit whole new levels of, of abuse. Yep. And, of course, that doesn't solve the problem at all. Like, it wouldn't in real life either, but uh, because they're immortal, the, both of them can just... Both of them just basically have to stay there and reckon with what they have done and at times, like, argue with each other, but other times just trying to express, okay, this is why I'm hurting, but I understand that you're hurting a lot as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it does have a happy ending um, in spite of all this. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, at at, at the end of the day, they kind of figure shit... There's a a line that I think... um... Like, a lot of this relationship stuff, as as an aromantic asexual, I, like, I, I find interesting, but it's not as, like, I, it's harder for me to relate personal experiences to some of this, right? Because it's not problems that I face. Um, I have, you know, I certainly have, have had, you know, friends and people in my life that I have, I have treated poorly or have treated me poorly, um, but it's never had the aspect of it that it has for them, right? But one of the things is is Hanashiro is very obsessed with this idea that for whatever reason, in 10 years, they will be able to die. Um, and they are, at the, at the start, and through most of it, very determined that when that happens, they're going to they're gonna take advantage of the opportunity. Um, and there's a line they toss around a few times that I think is very, I found very resonant, which is, is one reason to live enough to overpower the thousand to die. Um, well, they say the thousand to not. And, um, yeah, and I think any, any of us, you know, that, that deal with certain <laughs> degrees of mental illness have, have this as a concept that we have to, we have to struggle with a lot, you know? Yeah. I also found it pretty moving when Londa's basically making their pitch to Hanashiro about why they should stay together. Um, and basically describes the experience of like, well, my family might have sucked, but together we can be home with each other. And... Mm-hmm. Basically, if you return, I am, you can go wherever, but when you return, I will be here for you. And it, um, Lun puts so much importance into the words, like, you will say to Daima, and I will say... Okay, oh, Sorry. If, yeah. <laughs> and w- then we can be home together, yeah. if only until you leave again. Which is one of those one of those things that like if you're not familiar, you probably are because of anime. You know, any anyone listening to this, I would imagine. But just in case, um, it's one of those things that exists in Japanese where there are sort of like call and response formalities, and they can be comforting formalities, right? But that's that's one of like like I'm home and welcome home, basically. And it's just like you always say that when someone you care about 
comes home and when you come home to people you care about. Um, and that's also part of what, especially I think for Hanashiro, they're trying to untangle is uh, Subame Lun is trying to convince them like, listen, even if the idea of home that you've been taught over your life is toxic and awful, that doesn't mean home isn't a good thing that you need. It's just, you just need to think of it differently, right? Yep, the two of us can provide it for each other, and that'll be more than enough, essentially. Mm -hmm. And, like, after that scene, once we get into the epilogue, like, it makes it clear that Hanashiro does see it as more than enough, because, like, they, they're still thinking about the future, but they're not necessarily just waiting for death. They're enjoying the moments as they happen, and... There is this idea that maybe or maybe not they'll just be able to survive after that 10-year period. Mm -hmm. There's also a really um, a, a powerful element to this, which is like, especially whenever the poetry happens, um, it is sort of revealed over the course of the game that this is um, their, like, sort of the, the language of the immortals, right? Um, and it is a language that people who are not immortal cannot understand. Um, and so, like, when... Hanashiro and uh, Tsubame's mother are talking, no one else in the room can understand what they're saying. Um, and so when things go very, very bad, uh, Tsubame is like, I don't know what happened. I didn't understand any of that. What I know is I promised this person that I they would not be hurt, you know, if they trusted me. And they trusted me and they were hurt. Um, and I think, like, that's... I don't know. It's it's a thing that's hard for me to to put into words, but like sort of this, this moment of like, listen, we're going to go into this situation and it'll be okay, and then it isn't, right? And that happens, and and learning to accept like a degree of responsibility for that, of like, okay, I don't know why actually after all this, I trusted my family to not be abusive. That was a bad call, but also to not accept necessarily personal responsibility it's like i should not have let you into this situation but i am not the one who did this and so in a way i need to accept that this is i, I need to accept responsibility but not full responsibility because my mom is the one who chose to be a fucking miserable piece of shit here yeah like it helped me a bit to understand uh what was happening like when i got it halfway through and i just took another look at the store page and the way the creator here, uh, Feishuan, um, describes it is uh, basically it is a visual novel about the impossibility of translating trauma. And that's one of the reasons why it has multiple language options like that. Like, technically, the English version that we stuck with um, and not the translated Japanese to English version, um, that probably was our best bet at, like, understanding what was happening but like those options are also like a metaphor for these two characters like butting heads against one another and basically trying to figure out what they can do to alleviate the other person's uh past history while also making sure that they don't get stepped on in the process yeah because and, ultimately uh, like they both come from situations where their families were abusing the living hell out of them but it's not in the same way, and they kind of have to accept that they're not ever going to fully understand, right? They can be there for each other, and they can relate as best they can. But, like, uh, Subame got very, very sick, um, 
and was you know it's it's a it's, it's an effect of being uh partially immortal is that the the time frame is a little different here right but basically the family just ignored them they had they were left alone in that room sick possibly dying for three years and the family was just like ah eh, maybe you'll die whatever um and that's like Hanashiro has had their own abuses but ultimately that's that's an experience that Hanashiro hasn't been through and can't ever truly understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a... Uh, and it's a situation where the best they can do is, like, try and describe what comfort means to them and hope that uh, the other will, like, see something in there that appeals to them as well. Like, using the constantly... Basically, the whole idea of that call and response they bring up at the end is like by doing that call and response they are reiterating to each other through what language they understand that i am here for you yeah yeah and i i totally get like i i totally get that situation of like being trans and like not always like, not always sure whether you can, like, take your family or your extended family's uh, love for granted. But mm -hmm. uh, it's worked out a lot better for me than it has for some other people. But, uh, yeah, it's still situations where there's been some rocky stuff here and there. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, ultimately, like, I'm, I'm like... I'm really glad I played this. Um, I thought it was really like, I don't know. It's, there's a level of vulgarity in it that I think is really like vulgarity is so often used as a negative thing. And it very often is a negative thing. Right. But I think the way Ochisubaki uses vulgarity is to convey like the raw and abrasive nature of, of pain right uh it uses vulgarity to communicate like there are things that people aren't able to be polite about there are things that people have that hurts them so deeply that there's no nice way to talk about it um there's even like this is this is not on vulgarity necessarily but like hanashiro's portrait changes um because they have a mask they wear um and they take it off very briefly in the sort of the first half but the second half they mostly have it off um, when they're with Suvame, and it is a it is a big move for them because Hanashiro is like there's a, there's an interaction that happens in various ways a couple times early on where Hanashiro is talking to Suvame and Suvame is like you know like hey like you know in this context why don't you take off your mask or why don't you you know like change clothes or something and there is a complete lack of understanding between the two of them because Hanashiro through their trauma has basically come to understand that seeing their skin is such an awful experience and Tsubame naturally as a person <laughs> doesn't understand that right that doesn't that's not a concept that makes any sense to them and so there's this moment of complete disconnect where they're coming from complete other worlds on this very basic thing and just utterly unable to connect on that. Um, because that's how far, you know, trauma and abuse can drive you out of a headspace anyone else understands. Yeah, totally. And vulgarity is also like used to like, there, there's a few sex scenes in this and they, 
it jumps between very beautiful descriptions of the two of them ha- sharing a tender moment together and the two of them just fucking their feelings out for lack of a better term like they are either trying to get one over on the other or just be in a situation where it's like okay i don't know how to talk to you right now i'm incapable of talking right now so why don't we kiss now and talk later except we're not going to talk later Mm -hmm. yeah and i found those sections very effective like it's good at showing when they are being tender and when they are being rough and even like towards the end when they start to realize how they can be rough with each other without actually hurting one another because like that's the ultimate sign of them like fully trusting one another and being comfortable with one another just finding ways to just push boundaries together Mm-hmm. And it's kind of beautiful in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's like one of the things like this is, you know, it's it's not hard to to know both just from what we're talking about, but just also from, I don't know, just this is, you know, this is by, you know, like a, a queer collective, right? Um, and it is like... I, I certainly am not going to say this is a thing that like that like people who aren't queer can't understand, right? I don't think that's true, but it is much more of a prevalent idea in the queer community of like exploring boundaries and and learning to like embrace elements of each other outside of just like what is you know going into what is vulgar, right? Um, and I think the way the relationship is expressed here, like I, I do find it kind of remarkable that they're able to start where they start with me thinking Hanashiro is like a character that I'm interested in reading about, right? Like certainly like well-written and like there are things to grapple with and things that I think are, are like interesting to learn about, but just an awful fucking person. Um, and by the end, I am like, I, I like these characters and I support the relationship, right? That they're able to get there over the course of such a short story is, is I think, very impressive. Yeah. Like, it is a very short story, but like, even though it's like, it is a very short story, but it's more or less uses its entire length. In a very succinct way, I'd say. Yeah, there, there. It doesn't. We don't have like fun side stories about other characters. We don't have like divergences that are not relevant to this main arc. The whole thing is about these two characters and their relationship and their trauma, and it never talks about anything else in a way that I think is a really, again, at its length, is a really healthy focus for it. Totally. I also kind of dug the soundtrack. Um, like, there were moments where I was taking a little bit more time to get through one of the chapters and the music started looping. But uh, for the most part, they ha- seem to have unique tracks for like each of the chapters. And uh, it just does a very good job of setting you within the headspace of that setting. And uh, occasionally just even reminding you about the camellia um metaphor here because 
essentially, I, I think you looked something up about that six. Oh yeah, I mean it's the, it's this it, there's this theming of of a particular flower that is um mostly native to to like Japan and and some other uh, Asian countries, and it's interesting as a flower because it's a it's a metaphor they use a lot because of the the they they call it the subaki in Japanese hence the title of the game is is fallen camellia um but it's a flower that like most flowers as they start to die they shed petals right that's just everybody knows that um mm-hmm. and camellias don't that's just one day they're dead um, and there are signs, right? You know, it's not like if you're a gardener, you're like, oh man, yesterday it seemed fine. Like you could tell it's not doing well, but it doesn't make as clear signs as these other flowers that things are going wrong. And the way that comparison sort of that, that metaphor flows into people who have been abused and who are, have gotten like, you can see the signs of abuse, but you can't necessarily tell how it's really affecting them. Like how you become a professional at driving people away. Um, I think is, is really, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a very sad comparison, but I think it's, it's also kind of beautiful in its way. Yeah. It's a much more sophisticated version of it than like what I saw in the centennial case. Cause essentially the killer there is continuously leaving, um, camellias at the crime scenes and stuff but that's just because oh yeah this camellia is dead and this person is dead too (laughs) damn (laughs) really makes you think (laughs) (laughs) also just calling something the scarlet camellia um gives it a murder mystery flair i guess Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah i mean i so one thing i am unclear on and it's kind of hard to get information on um is that um Feishuan, and i apologize if i'm mispronouncing that but um i i there are times when Feishuan, i think Feishuan is mostly used to refer to uh uh Feishuan win who is a um a trans uh vietnamese uh japanese english translator and writer and composer um, who's who's made a bunch of stuff, and I think this is like the thing that I'm hard I, ha- I have trouble telling is how much is just them and how much is the collective that they're in charge of uh, Onero, which um, formed before this game, at least came out on Steam. Maybe it's been out longer than I think, um, but I can't t- like it's hard to get like it's kind of hard to get credits on this in a weird way, um, and so I just want to say like. Um, yeah, Onero, which you can find at Feishuan.com, which is why I say I it's hard to know if it's specifically Feishuan or if it's the whole team. Um, but the collective consists of consists of uh Jonah Wu, Feishuan Win, uh Rin Sines, and Jay. Which again, I apologize for any mispronunciations. There are no, there's not a lot of information out there. And it's a sad thing to a degree, because I had to work to get this, right? I didn't have to work crazy hard, but like if you go on the Steam page, there's a Twitter linked to the, uh, the, the, the the game, right? And that account doesn't even exist anymore. And this game came out, at least on Steam, six months ago. Yeah, they seem to have one other game that came out this year, uh, that came out last month. Hmm. I'm not seeing any sort of Twitter link on there, though, when I'm looking. Yeah, um, I, I've, I've found some things, but it's like... It's a like part of, I don't know, it, it, 
part of the lesson for me has been like you and I uh, are are two members of Novel Not New, which is a visual novel podcast. You can find it at readinggames.online. It's part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. Um, and we've gone through a couple of co-hosts. Um, so I think it's primarily you and I are the core at this point. Um, but as part of that, we like, we'll go through looking for things to cover, right? We'll go through steam or we'll go through itch.io and just look through like the visual novel category. And I have seen a lot of things that present very similarly to the outward face of Ochisubaki, right? I have seen a lot of works that are like, oh, this is like, this is a queer story, um, with like very expressive art, but clearly not very high budget. And there are a ton of these. And I don't want, like, I, I think it is even unfair to myself to say that my eyes glaze over. That's a bad way of saying it, but it does become a hard to tell them apart to me. Right. Because it's just like, well, there are a ton of these. And I just know through law of averages that a lot of these are probably not good and I can't tell what's good and what isn't. So I tend to pay less attention. Um, and this has, served as a very effective chiding of me for not trying harder. Well, it's one of those things where, like, we're just two people and uh, there's an entire sea of indie visual novels and other games like this out there. So there's only so much we can do, but uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those situations where I'm, I'm really thankful we have... Uh, people who listen to us and like recommend us stuff like this because i am very thankful i played this mm -hmm. and i'm um, and you know also thankful that we have like we we are, we are we are lucky to have the audience we have we are lucky to have them like this is a person who we were basically were like listen i mean within reason we'll let you do anything because we really feel like we've let you down and they chose to push us towards something so like that one, I would not have checked out on my own, but also is, yeah, something I'm so grateful to have seen. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and I think that's it for us on, uh, on Ochi Tsubaki. I think part of it is just like, I know you've come here and you've listened to us. And if that's the extent of your engagement with Ochi Tsubaki, I think that's, I mean, that's legit. I get it. But I also think there's a lot that we just are unable to convey um, through through just discussion. And I think it's it's really worth your time. There's also a demo of it on Steam, um, and I suspect probably on itch.io as well. Um, if you want to just see like what this writing style does and how it how it conveys things, though, again, I will warn you that um, it's abrasive up front. Right. And I think that's important to the experience. But I think that would make a demo difficult. So um, if this sounds interesting to you, if you want to get more of this, I would recommend actually checking out the work itself. Yeah, same here. It's well worth the money. Uh, but that's it for us here. Um, thank you so much for, for listening to the show, for, for giving us a chance. If you want to hear more of our coverage, um, you get the full plug zone this time. Um, so Jen and I do a, a lot of podcasts. Um, but specifically as far as media crit, as mentioned, uh, novel, not new, our, our visual novel and other story game, uh, podcast, which is at readinggames.online or any podcatcher, part of the abnormal mapping network. We're very lucky to be working with some very talented people over on that network. Um, we also do oops, all manga and oops, all anime, which are 
a little more lighthearted, uh, usually, <laughs> usually, <laughs> um, explorations where we kind of try out various anime and manga. We try and do like the, a lot of people talk about the, the three episode test and that's kind of what inspired the, the show. Um, and so if you want to be like, Hey, what's this show about? We gave it a little taste test and we let you know. Um, but we do a whole lot of other stuff. Um, and some of it, you know, a lot of it's on scanlinemedia.com. Jen, you've gotten some stuff uh, published elsewhere, but where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me in pretty much all the places Six just mentioned, but I'm also available at JBU3 on uh, Twitter. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Six Detmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Bit of an unusual last name, so I always try and spell it out for folks. And uh, my DMs are open if you want to reach out. Like, I... <laughs> This has gone badly before, so I've crossed my fingers I don't screw myself on this one. But if you are a, a writer of visual novels, if you are a creator and you want to reach out, um, my DMs are open. If you just have thoughts or criticism or, or comments, uh, yeah, DMs are open. That's why I keep them open is so we can hear from folks um, and occasionally from bots because that just happens. <laughs> that it does. Uh, but until next time, folks. Peace out. See ya.